Today is Tuesday, February 7, 2023. It's day 761 of the J6 political hostage crisis. I'm Mel Holly, and this is your Justice in Jeopardy update. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Justice in Jeopardy. I'm really excited to uh, talk to a J6er who uh, was just recently arrested because he's got a very fascinating story. And I, I think everybody should hear this. And, uh, you know, we have to remember that they are still arresting people. This is not stopped. It's not stopping. And they, you know, they've told us they, they want to arrest 3000 and, uh, not only that, but they've gotten the funds to do it. The DOJ has been funded to, to continue this, this operation, this, uh, travesty of justice. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Israel Easterday. Hey, Israel, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well, hanging in there. So I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story. And I thought we'd start by, uh, you know, you just giving a little background about who you are, uh, what your life was like before January 6th. And, uh, you know, tell us about yourself. Okay, I'd be glad to, and thank you for having me on here as well. Um, it, I guess it, a lot of things started, I was, we've always been a, a pro-constitution, pro-rights, pro-gun rights, all that stuff, but I was, I felt deeply frustrated by the, 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 the corruption in our government, and at the time anyway. So that's what led me up there to to the rally. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to skip through that part uh, of it until, you know, because I'm going through trial, I can't comment on some of that. But I was raised a very in a very Christian family. I've always loved sailing and sailed around on the local lake for most of my life. And after January 6th, a year after, I bought a sailboat and sailed about 2000 miles totally sailed to maryland and back down over to the bahamas and uh back to miami well while i was in the bahamas i went to a church me and my wife here and they were very short-handed on bibles they had they had a very big congregation and they only had a couple bibles to go around so uh came back to america and i convinced one of my best friends to go back with me with his boat loaded down with Bibles and uh, give them to the church. They knew I was coming back with the Bibles because I told them I was doing it. And I was in Miami waiting for that weather window that was supposed to be coming up in a few days. When I got a call from my dad, my dad said, this was in December. I got a call from my dad and he said, Hey, the, the sheriff just told me that the FBI was wanting to talk to you. And so I immediately called the sheriff and uh, he said he'll try to get that number to me, the FBI number, because I was curious about what it was because I, I didn't know they were pursuing anything. So I did, wasn't watching the news after that incident. And so the sheriff never got back with me. So I called the FBI to ask them, you know, what was going on. And they told me that everything was fine, not to worry about it. They'll get back with me in a few days once they figure it out. 
So I dismissed it because he told me not to worry about it. And I told him my plans. And about two days later, I got a call from an FBI agent that said that there was a warrant for my arrest and they wanted me to come to the island. And they had a helicopter overhead, my sailboat, a big drone, two boats full of soldiers and a team on the island with sniper rifles pointed at me. And they arrested me right then and there when I got to the island with my dinghy. I didn't run. I didn't do anything. And they transported me from there up to um, up to Washington, D.C., where I had my court hearings and the judge released me on word bond on home arrest. So I'm stuck at home until trial. And that's about it. So you, you but you didn't go directly home. You you were uh, detained for a little while. Is that correct? I was detained for almost two months. OK. And, and you were in Northern Neck? Yes. Yeah. How was that experience? It wasn't that great, but I hear it was a lot better than uh, the Jan- uh, D.C. jail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of guys who have been in both who, who would who would beg to differ. But um, so did you meet some of the guys in there? I mean, were you know, did did you kind of start figuring out what was going on once you talked to other J6ers who were in, in Northern Neck with you? Yes, I, I met a few fellows up there. All good, good people. Uh, very godly. We had prayer circle every night. And Jersey. Are you familiar with Jersey up there? Justin Jersey? Yes. Yeah, he's he's being moved around right now. We're we're trying to we were just trying to find him again. Really? He's a yeah. good cook. He can whip up about anything. When... Taking the commissary food and making it into something tasty. Right. He mixes all kinds of things together and feeds everybody. Uh, very kind-hearted fellow and Howard. Uh, yeah, it was a, a very beautiful community in there. But the food is completely soy based. Everything's soy. Everybody is pale. They have bags under their eyes. Um, some of the guys, to put it bluntly, are, walk around and you can easily tell they have breasts and they're quite large. And I, I questioned a few of them about it and they said it's all the soy. They've been there for a few years and it's all the soy. The, the, uh, What's that stuff in the in soy? The estrogens in the soy. Estrogen. Mm-hmm. Estrogen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We we've uh, we've done a lot of uh, investigating and reporting on on the food in there. We've even talked to people who have worked in the kitchen there, and uh, not only you know are there roaches crawling on the food and mice and and disgusting things like that, but uh, just that the the food you know comes in this packaging that actually says not for human consumption. And that when they add the water, they they double the water amount, uh, you know, to try to make it go further, because this is a uh, privately owned prison that is just taking every little dime they can from any state and federal funding, uh, which which should not be allowed to be, you know, double dipping like that. And then, um, you know, people are people are just barely surviving on this uh you know, soy and starches and, and just awful, awful. You're a hundred percent right. The commissary that comes in, the, the food is so baseless. You're, you're starving again, just within an hour of eating it. It doesn't stick to your ribs. And the commissary that, uh, that some of the guys like Randy Ireland put $200 in my account. And that was such a big help. 
uh, no, but we can't express enough how how helpful it was for that to happen. There, there's definitely mice in there, and lots of the guys in, in the kitchen say that mice run across the food trays all the time. They don't have lids on the food trays. They run across the food food trays, and there are lots of guys in the the pod with me. I was in J Pod that had big rashes on their body, and they would ooze out this type of liquid. And they would send out reforms to, to the medical, and these weren't the January Sixers, but no, they wouldn't get answered. The, the request forms don't get answered hardly ever. So, or if they didn't have enough money to see medical, and it was pretty disgusting. So they're, so they're charging people to see medical? Oh, yeah, it costs money to see medical. Oh, you're kidding me. I hadn't even heard that. Yes. If, if you, I think it's $12 for the initial appearance or something like that, that comes out of your account. Prisons should be run in a way that every time a, a prisoner comes in, especially if it's a prisoner who's transferred from another prison, that they should have a, a medical workup, that they should, you know, look over uh, any meds that they brought in with them, uh, that they should, um, you know, just be checked over. And uh, from what I've heard, the medical staff there is, is you know barely even existent. You, you know you've got you've got one uh, doctor who comes in for a few hours once a week, and uh, you know we've heard story after story about the medical neglect there. It, it's really just awful. You're right, it is, and uh, the, the police, the guards in there definitely throw their weight around. So if you accidentally say something or push it too far, anything for that matter, they'll they'll smart smart to you and put you in your place I, I haven't been beaten by any of them but I've heard about the guys that were getting beat up in there the January Sixers when I did first come into the, the Northern Neck Regional Jail the the lady that was looking over my case to where to put me I guess she she looked up at me and said J Sixer huh and I said yes ma'am she went and then she said ha and then put me back in the sale cell so it's definitely true that they don't care for us in there. Some of them anyway. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is because of the attention that uh, their friends and family and those of us working in these organizations that are supporting the J6ers um, have thrown such a stink uh, that it's really exposed what's what's going on, the corruption in that in that jail. Protesters out in the parking lot. Uh, I'm sure they don't care for it. There was one fellow in there that was really kind to us. I heard he goes out in the parking lot with the protesters and talks to them and hangs out. Um, I forgot his name, but I played chess with him one time. Nice guy. Yeah, I think I, I think I know who you're talking about. So uh, so you're referring to the vigil. And uh, we, we have started a secondary vigil over there. We've got one uh, that was started August 1st. Uh, by Mickey Whithoft and, and Randy Ireland and, and several other patriots. And we have uh, live streamers out there nightly. And on Friday nights, we have a secondary vigil over at Northern Neck Regional Jail. And I, I've been to that a few times. Um, and uh, there was one one guard who who drives up and, and he talks to us uh, very friendly. And I, I'm glad to to hear he's he's friendly inside, too. That's that's great, because you, you just never know if this is somebody who's uh, just trying to uh, get some information from us or or what, what's going on. Was, but that, was but that's he, great. 
so uh, back to your back to your story about uh, when of, of your arrest. Were you had you gone back with the with the Bibles yet? You you were delivering, or were you just still uh, you know out there uh, anchored offshore? We had come from Fort Pierce. We were already loaded up with Bibles, and we had come from Fort Pierce, Florida. We had sailed to Miami. And we were anchored just north of Biscayne Bay. I'm sure maybe some people don't know where that's at. But right off of Miami, we were anchored and we were set to leave in three days when the weather was right. And we were on our way to Andros, where the church was. We had not delivered, but we were loaded down with Bibles and we were set to leave in three days. Okay. And where is Andros? Is that uh, is that in the Bahamas? Yes, it is in the Bahamas. It is about 120 miles off the coast of Florida, um, about 75 miles off the coast of Bimini. Okay. Okay. Sure. Wow. So you never got to deliver those Bibles. That's sad. No, but hopefully Mark Detweiler, a good friend of mine, will continue with that mission and get him out there. Oh, that's great. I, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. That's really fantastic. So you are now um, on home arrest and... Yeah. Uh, you know, wow, what a blessing that uh, you were not detained any longer. Uh, and you have a public defender who helped that uh, happen? Yes, I had a team, a uh, public defender, a man and a lady who petitioned the court again for another another release hearing. And the judge granted me that release. Um, nice fellows. It seemed to work out. He seems to be trying and helping quite a bit, unlike some I've heard. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic. Do you know, uh, you know, do you know what tactics he used, or or what sort of motion or anything like that 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 helped make that happen? My my wife here got together about I don't know fifty letters from people from all over the world, and some people that I had met in my sailing ventures from different countries, uh, the UK, um, France, and they had really strong testimonies of me and those letters really helped because there was several letters that back one story where during hurricane ian that last year i had went out and saved somebody on my dinghy saved his life and his boat during the storm and the judge and the lawyer commented about that letter and i think that's what softened their heart oh wow that's amazing wow that makes you that makes you a hero twice over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they really appreciated those that letter. I think that and God helped me. I didn't I didn't know if I wanted to get out on bond because I was already in doing doing my time, and I was settled a little bit. So it's a it's an adjustment coming out and going back in or being afraid to go back in. Oh, I imagine so. That's that's got to be hard. But I, but I'll tell you what. Um, knowing how these pre-trial detentions are going. And how long they're going on? Uh, you really are blessed to be out. I am. What what a, what kind of charges are you facing? They have me with eight charges. Um, it's if if you look me up, I guess they're there. So I don't mind just saying them. If I can remember them all, they're getting with uh, assault, and they're saying it was with a deadly weapon, but it wasn't. Um, assault. Interfering with official proceeding and entering and remaining disorderly conduct, all that other stuff is what they're allegedly saying I did. 
Okay. Did you, were you inside the, were you inside the building? They're allegedly saying that I was. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I, I, uh, I did find you, uh, are you, are you aware of sedition hunters? No. So sedition hunters is a, a very evil group of people. And, uh, there's a lot of questions about who they are, but they oh, have a website. Conspiracy people. Well, these are, these are people who are, who are hunting down the, the J6ers. So from the very beginning on Twitter, uh, they would go through the footage, they would find people and, uh, they, they generally give them nicknames. So, uh, your nickname was hashtag James Dean wannabe. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yes. So that's your sedition hunters nickname. And what they do is they, they post, you know, every, every time someone finds a picture with somebody in it, they post it with that hashtag and they help the FBI track down J sixers. They're, they're lovely. Oh, that's just wonderful. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's, it it's fantastic. Uh, so anyway, I, I did notice that, that, uh, you were wearing a, a big, um, black leather jacket that's reminiscent of, uh, James Dean's, uh, uh, clothing. <laughs> I see. I, I don't even know who James Dean is. I guess he's some movie star. Yeah, he's he's a he's a a movie star. He was kind of a teen heartthrob. Did a lot of movies um, back in uh, I guess in the fifties. Uh, so uh, he would wear a black leather jacket like you wore that day. And uh, is is that something that you wear a lot? Or <laughs> yeah, I ride or I did anyway. So oh, okay, I so had it's a like a motorcycle, motorcycle jacket. jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, and you also had a rebel flag. And uh, I I was wondering, um, you know, why you decided to bring that to the Capitol, uh, what that represents for you. I've always I've always had one either on the back of my truck or something like South, for one. I love the South and their culture, the Southern culture. And it's absolutely nothing racist. Everybody calls it racist absolutely not and an american southern culture and possibly is what some might say rebellion yeah i i think that uh you know there's a lot of people that uh you know have that those kind of uh feelings about about the rebel flag and uh i have even i you know one night i was out at a um a restaurant bar that was there was a, a concert going on and uh, i think it was maybe even like country music and uh there was a a black gentleman in there who who had a rebel flag wrapped around him and uh you know he i i said you know i i, I find that very interesting because so many people think that's that's a racist flag and he he was like heck no you know, I love my rebel, rebel flag i love the south and uh it absolutely is not a, a racist symbol so, uh, yeah, you know, it was it was refreshing to see that. It is. Yes, I've had the same encounters. Uh, lots of people like my my flags, uh, African-American or, you know, normal everyday white people or what, what everybody. It's not the stigma that they try to put along with it is wrong. Everything, anything they can do to divide America, they will do. 
Oh, 100%. 100%. We've been really watching it, uh, you know, especially since uh, Obama was in the White House. Uh, you know, I, I think so many people see that, uh, you know, racism wasn't uh, the kind of problem that uh, our media and uh, many of our politicians have made it out to be until he was in office. And yeah. uh, and then that started a whole new divide, unfortunately. You know, he I, I, I don't think he he did anything to, uh, you, you know, unite the races in any way. Uh, there, there were just too many statements made and things got really uh, fiery at that point. Yep, I agree. I was only, I don't know, 10 years old when Obama was in, so I don't remember very much from that administration. Yeah, absolutely. So you are a very young guy, um, you know, um, and uh, you... Uh, I mean, I think that's quite a journey to to buy a sailboat and just go take off like that. Um, you know, were you were you raised in a family where there was a lot of sailing or is this something you did on your own or? You no. Know? No, I wasn't. I, it was something I did very on my own. I've always looked to the ocean, I guess. I didn't get to see the ocean until I was 18, but I've always wanted to sail. I was raised. I was homeschooled my whole life. and. I was raised on a farm. I milked cows since I was six all the way up until I left home. I have always liked the idea of sailing free. Nothing that the any government or any entity has. Nothing that you need from them. The less you need, the better. So if you can maneuver by the power of the wind, and you can make energy from the sun and you can put that all on a boat and you can go anywhere in the world. That sounds pretty great to me. And that's just, that's more freedom. It's the top. I don't see it going any further than that. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. What, what are you able to tell us about that day at the Capitol, if anything at all? I mean, maybe just uh, tell us about, uh, you know, the atmosphere and, uh, you know what it what it was like in general the atmosphere i i think i would say frustration and people felt i think the loss of rights the right to vote they felt that that is one of that's a very big right and that's something that sets supposed to set us aside from other countries is the the power of our vote and when people thought that was being taken away, that was very frustrating to them, I believe. And I think that was the main thing. And then before I saw on TV, before, before things went bad or wild, they, they were throwing tear gas bombs across the fence into the crowd. And this is some, a video that I've never been able to find, but it was on the news that I was watching before there was anything breached. They were, there was a lady saying, and they're now throwing tear gas bombs into the crowd to calm them down because they're afraid it might get violent. So they were throwing tear gas bombs into the crowd before they did anything wrong. So I would watch the tear gas bomb go over the fence into the crowd, and then it would start smoking. And then everybody would roar. And then they would do it again. Everybody would roar again. So that I think they were purposely trying to poke 
Yeah. Um, so, so you felt like it, before that started that the, the, the crowd was peaceful. Is that what you, what you. Absolutely. There was lots of love, uh, lots of very good cheer because I think for anybody who loves their country, knowing that that many people will stand up at once, that many people can gather in, in together at once. It was very peaceful and loving feeling to know that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what is your plan? What is your plan going forward? Do you know uh, when your next hearing is? My court date, I'm not sure what it, what's evolved with it. I have no idea actually, but it's March 3rd. So we'll see what happens. I don't even know what, what's going to happen. I haven't talked to my lawyer about it. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a status hearing. Um, and uh, you will probably have lots of those and uh, they will come up with a, a plea deal to offer you. And uh, that's, you know, that's one of the hardest decisions is, uh, you know, choosing whether or not you're going to take a plea deal or, uh, you know, because uh, what we've seen over and over is when people won't accept the plea deal, then they're like, well, now we're going to give you a bunch more charges. And, um, you know, not to, not to, not to instill any fear. I, I just uh, want you to be, um, you know, aware of, of what this has looked like over and over for everybody else. I, I actually don't know what it's looked like legal, in the legal process for everybody else. I've heard of some people getting more charges. I've heard of uh, Doug Johnson's case. Jensen, Doug Jensen. Jensen. Yeah, Doug Jensen. How he didn't even touch an officer and he still got those charges. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that, unfortunately. Um, you know, a lot of people have been given assault charges uh, when the only assault was their back, the back of their head against uh, batons, the police batons. So, um, you know, it's just uh, it, there's there's a lot. And uh, we've got an amazing community of uh, organizations and families and uh, other J6 defendants. And, uh, you know, I, I really hope that uh, you will. Um, be open to to joining our our communities so that that you can get the support because I, what we've seen is that that's so important that um, families and defendants who who don't have that support from other people who are going through the same thing um, it, it's really hard and uh, you know there there is there is help and there's there's a lot of a lot of things that that are important to know as you're going through this process from people who have been through it themselves. I am definitely willing and very thankful for the, the love and support. It was very, very nice to get letters. The letters meant a lot. All the guys are up there for the mail waiting for it. Um, reading it several times through the week. It's very appreciated. Well, good. Yes, I, I'll tell you what. Um, that is what we hear over and over and over is that the Patriot Mail Project really kept them going, kept everybody going and, and getting those letters, um, knowing that there's that kind of support because, you know, you have those really low days when when you, you know, I'm sure, you know, the hope is waning and it's it's frustrating. And uh, so, yes, you know, we always encourage people to go to the Patriot Mail Project dot com. And, and write um, our detainees and those home on bond, um, out on bond, because uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough road. And uh, that support means so much, I know. Snap out of reality, because the guys that are being faced with this, 
are not bad guys and they're they've they've lived their life knowing and in a mindset of these morals when on the other hand if you were perhaps dealing drugs or doing drugs or doing illegal crime you always know that's what's facing you is jail or a life of crime but this here you just get sucked you get pulled away from your life that you're doing and you get thrown in jail when you were, were least expecting it you didn't you know you you get you make a choice when you're doing crime when you're committing crime i would say where you know okay if i do this i might go to jail i'm going to keep doing it over and over and over again and you may go to jail but here i was not living a life of crime and you go to jail and now the rest of my life is possibly just shattered in the way I thought it was going to end up being coming out of it, a felon and all these guys being pulled away from their family, their, their kids and losing their house, their car, everything. It's a mess. It is. And it's, it's devastating. It really is. It's devastating to whole families and it touches so many people. Each arrest touches so many people in so many ways. Yes, it does. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, you being willing to come on and share your story. And like I said, um, we are here for you. We have many organizations and, and family groups, and we would, we would love to, uh, to bring you in and, and give you all that support and, and, you know, help you, uh, you know, have all the information you need to, to make the decisions you're going to have to make going forward. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Do you, do you have any message that you want to um, put out for uh, for my listeners, uh, for for Americans. I would just say that keep praying, keep praying. It this is just a very short time on Earth, and we're going to be in no time facing facing Jesus Christ. Yeah, Amen, Amen. Well, you take care. And, uh, you know, if you ever uh, have a message you need to get out or, or any uh, new developments you want to share, you just uh, just reach out and let me know. OK. All right. Thank you. Have a nice evening. OK. God bless you. Well, several members of our team and the uh, the J6 community have been uh, making themselves known on Capitol Hill this week with our new 118th Congress and uh, their committees that have started up. So I thought I'd share a few clips of that and some uh, responses from Mickey at the vigil. And, uh, you know, keep your eyes on what's going on there because uh, we're, we're seeing, hearing a lot of good things and, and seeing some things happen. So uh, definitely giving us some hope. Yeah, I watched the video and it was tragic and, and extremely difficult to watch. I would also like to point out that that city is Democrat controlled and the five officers that have been arrested and charged are black. And I think that this isn't, isn't an issue of uh, racism or anything like that. I think, I think that the judge and the, the jury in the trial needs to work out what happened there, but I share that with you. And I'd like to also point something that I hope you share with me. There's a woman in this room whose daughter was murdered on January 6th, Ashley Babbitt. And Ashley Babbitt has, there's never been a trial. As a matter of fact, no one has cared about the person that shot and killed her, and, and no one in this Congress has really addressed that issue. January 6th committee didn't address it. And I believe that there are many people 
uh, that came into the Capitol on January 6th, whose civil rights and liberties are being violated heavily. And this committee will, I, I hope, uh, Mr. Chairman, look into those civil rights abuses uh, because they're happening in a jail right here in this city. And I hope Ms. Martin uh, will, will care about that as well. Um, as, as, as well as jails across the country, I've been in that jail. And um, it's not just the January 6th defendants pre-trial, by the way, it's many of the inmates in there living in horrific conditions. Um, so I think that's something that you and I can care about. Um, will the text lady go just for a moment? No, I will not yield. Um, but I would, I would like to say and, and point out that civil rights and liberties are important, but we have to make sure that we crack down on the two-tier justice system that the first things Marjorie Taylor Greene said from the Oversight Dais was that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Mm -hmm. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered, or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Well, he was asked by a reporter if he thought that Ashley Babbitt was murdered or if the cop was just doing his job, and he said the cop was just doing his job. So I just would, would uh, ask McCarthy to look into Bird's record and realize that he had prior excessive use of force issues. He also left his loaded weapon in a public bath bathroom for somebody else to find, and that on any other police force, he would have been fired for either one of those two things. Um, and and uh, look into his record before you open your mouth, and I just wonder if he's had balls enough to actually watch my daughter's public edu uh, execution, or if he just says whatever his, his handlers tell him to say. So uh, that's a question I intend to ask him as soon as I'm able to. We called for a while, and the, uh, his Bakersfield office would just pick up the phone and put it down. And I, uh, the phone lines were clogged uh, to begin with when, I, when we tried to call his office here in D.C. I was finally able to get through to um, somebody on the phone that sounded like they are probably about 20, 22 years old. And I feel sorry for this kid because I know he took these phone calls all day long. But I hope that my words and the words of everybody who took a moment to call and let Kevin McCarthy know what we think about him do, re does reach his ears. And um, I hope he reflects upon his statement, but we've known for quite some time that Kevin McCarthy's no friend. Thanks everybody for joining us for this episode of Justice in Jeopardy. Don't forget you can tune in tonight and every night to watch the live stream of the DC Gulag Vigil. And you can find that on aforjustice.org as well as our Twitter channel, A for Justice, our YouTube channel, Americans for Justice and Freedom Express Media on YouTube and Rumble. We'll see you back here tomorrow, and don't forget to always be bold and speak the truth. If you'd like to help us support J6 families as they're released from jails and prisons, please check out the Elijah Fund. You can find that on our website, a4justice.org slash TEF. Americans for Justice, Inc. is a nonpartisan alliance that vigorously defends the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and due process across our great nation, which are pivotal to preserving life, liberty, and freedom for all. Too long we have played defense and are losing on all battlefronts through divided efforts. The root problem of election integrity, medical freedom, political prisoners, southern border crisis, CPS and APS and others is one common thing, a direct assault on the U.S. Constitution and and due process. Americans for Justice is a nonprofit organization with local chapters in all 50 states, working with lawyers, legal scholars, and organizations to actively fight government overreach at all levels. Unite with us in the fight for our J6 political hostages and whatever else due process rights are violated.
We ask for your support in this vital mission through a one-time donation or an ongoing membership. Go to the letter A, the number 4, justice.org.